yeah, I just think it was, it was that. And so I still have that love of, you know, what's around the next corner and hoping and wanting to continue to see that things are different. I, you know, I applaud some businesses for their success, but honestly, I don't want to see the same business, you know, the same Starbucks, the same Dunkin' Donuts and the, you know, in the same 50 cities. I want to see, you know, the little mom and pop place, um, Alaska, just recently we pulled into this little town and I said, oh, there's a market. Let's just go in there. And the ladies were like, what? You know, they're kind of like, why? I'm like, I'm like, well, you never know. They could have a bakery in there. There might be some souvenirs. I don't know. Let's just go check it out. So we get out, we go in there. They had, you know, it's like a general store. They had everything. And we had Uh this amazing conversation with a local who actually won the 1976 Iditarod. So who would have known we'd meet this, you know, historic mini celebrity in the nowhere, you know? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but today we are getting off the Bruce train, but it is appropriate that I mention train because it is a form of travel, and I have my buddy, who April, who does a podcast and speaking all about the joys and sometimes challenges of travel. April, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jesse, for having me. Excited to be here and chat about music and travel, all of it. Yeah, you've been nice enough to have me on your podcast and you guys have talked a little bit and uh, you guys, uh, I got to share my passport horror story, Yeah, (laughs) which was a lot of fun. Uh, So yeah, I'm excited that we get to kind of talk a little bit of different kind of thing. Yeah. So tell us a little about yourself. Sure. Well, I have a passion for photography and travel. I've always um, enjoy just getting out, um, getting in the car, going down the two lane roads of America and exploring. Um, as a kid, we, I didn't get to do a lot of international travel till I was in my thirties actually. So America, the United States just is a passion to me. It's, you know, mm-hmm. my parents luckily and my grandma, she instilled this love of just getting in the car, going down the road and, you know, whether it's a fruit stand or a historic church or, you know, the local lady selling pies on a Saturday afternoon, you know, just that love of Americana. And that's what I love to share with other photographers and just travelers in general. And I think a lot of travelers are coming to me this year. They're not able to maybe go overseas or they feel, you know, with all the things going on that this isn't a good year to try to you know, go to Europe. So now they're looking like, what can I see right in the United States? So it's an opportunity for me to share places I love, New England, um, the Midwest, uh, California. I mean, we're just very lucky to have such a variety of landscapes and and places to share and enjoy. And that comes through too in, in the music that we have a love of as well. So it really does. And, um, I, I know there is a lot of beauty and there is a lot of good in the interstate system, right? There is, it is very, uh, when you need to get from point A to point B, it is very convenient, but you do miss a lot of the character of the road. And, um, you know, one of the things that have kept Lynn and I happily married for now over 35 years is we both like car trips like we both you know there is something about her and I in the car and uh we may go an hour without speaking to each other just listening to music or we may spend two hours talking about just who knows what and and just in the car and then we are um we are the people you would like traveling with us there are plenty of people who hate traveling with us (laughs) because we're going to go like oh, 
let's stop and see this. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, like my brother-in-law is like, okay, we're making lousy time. I'm like, I don't care. You know, I just, yeah. this looks interesting. Let's, let's stop and see this. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that kind of travel. I was just in Alaska with a few ladies who've never been to Alaska. And oh, nice. For a lot of people, Alaska, because it's so removed from the lower 48, a lot of people yeah. feel like it's a whole nother country and it's, yeah. it's not, but it's like going down the road. It's like, I spotted a farmer's market. I'm like, oh, you know what? We're pulling off here. And the ladies were like, oh, okay, great. And they realized, you know, just you how many interesting people you met. To me, it was fascinating just asking people like, how did you end up in Alaska? You know, <laughs> of all places, yeah. just those stories and, and what people are doing and how they're living out their life. So a several years ago, Lynn and I decided to, there was a, um, the, they were doing a bourbon tasting for Angel's Envy in St. Louis, Missouri. And Lynn and I had the vacation time. So we got in the car and we drove to St. Louis from Dallas, Texas. And, and we, and we weren't in a rush. Like we were driving up and it's like the action figure museum that's in Oklahoma. And so we pulled off and we drove and we went and saw, and it was this small little place that had thousands of little action figures and different collections and things and it was so much fun and um you know we did all the sightseeing in st louis and then on the way back like linda's like oh look there's a cave let's go there and so you know so it was so much fun just to travel um where do you think you you mentioned a little bit your your parents and grandparents do you think that's where your love of travel came from I, I, I honestly, I think so. I think, but I honestly also think some people, but I have to use my, I'll use my husband as an example, just because he, his family, for whatever reason, they didn't do car trips. He was born and raised in Los Angeles. And I was born and raised in the Midwest, you know, okay. give or take a few years difference sure. in time frame. We didn't have the internet. You didn't have like, here's a little device, watch movies for the next two hours. Right. But I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was being raised in the Midwest and just, there wasn't what part a lot of the Midwest, of, April. I grew up in Iowa, in okay. Ames, Iowa. My grandma, okay. my grandmother lived in Eastern Iowa. They were teachers, but we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money at all. Right. So we didn't have, and maybe that was part of it. You know, they couldn't take us to like the, you know, the movie theater, we couldn't go roller skating every weekend at the roller rink. So to come up with other things to do with your kids, you put them in the car and you, you know, you go down to the state park or you get outside and just go for a hike or with my grandma, you know, she'd shoot, she just get in the car and go, you know what, we're going to go two towns over to go to the grocery store. I know a lady that is, you know, we're going to stop at my friend's house, this little, you know, this friend of mine in X little town and you'd go and you, you know, you chat and you'd, Walker, I don't know. It's just, but that's instilled in me. And it's, it, he's not so good about sitting in the car like you and I and just mm-hmm. enjoying the whole discovery of what's out there in America. And yeah, I don't know. I guess that's where that love of travel and curiosity, you know, yeah. where, you know, what's down the road. I mean, when you're, when you're a kid and you're just put in the car, you don't, you don't know what might be down the road. It's that whole excitement of like, wow. You know, in the summertime, we did oftentimes my parents would save up and we do a vacation like to South Dakota. And, you know, oh, my gosh, you get to stay in a hotel that has a swimming pool. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, that was the greatest. That was the best. best, Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just think it was is that. And so I still have that love of, you know, what's around the next corner and hoping and wanting to continue to see that things are different. I, you know, I applaud some businesses for their success, but honestly, I don't want to see the same business, you know, the same Starbucks, the same Dunkin' Donuts and the, you know, in the same 50 cities. I want to see, you know, the little mom and pop place. Um, Alaska, just recently, we pulled into this little town and I said, oh, there's a market. Let's just go in there. And the ladies were like, what? You know, they're kind of like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you never know. They could have a bakery in there. There might be some souvenirs. I don't know. Let's just go check it out. So we get out, we go in there. They had, you know, it's like a general store. They had everything. And we had Mm -hmm. this amazing conversation with a local who actually won the 1976 Iditarod. 
you know, who would have, oh, how fun. Yeah, right. So who would have known we'd meet this, you know, historic mini celebrity in the yeah. middle of nowhere. You know? So, yeah, one of my things that I do and, and it isn't out of snobbery. It's just because, um, most of the time when we're traveling, we try to stay away from chains. We right. just, because, you know, what, like, we'll ask the hotel, what's a good local restaurant? Where, where do you recommend for lunch? Where do you recommend for dinner? Um, uh-huh. The only time, and, and I'd love to share if you have a similar story, but we had gone to a resort in Mexico. Oh, yeah. And it was an all-inclusive. And my son was maybe 10 or 11. And both lunch and dinner was more European food than American food. And there were, you know, like fish with the eyes showing. And I mean, they would eat good on breakfast because, you know, you like bacon and eggs. But the other stuff, they they really were, it, it was, he had to search to get something. And my wife was the same way. And uh, so we had gone into town in Cozumel and there was a TGI Fridays oh, yeah. and, and um, like, can we go, can we go? And we went and there was such a comfort in getting fried cheese, right, yeah, <laughs> and potato yeah. skins and, and right. cold iced tea, you know, right. Oh, you know? Yeah, right. And so uh, it, and I, I, we joked about it because we all said, you know, normally we don't want that chain feeling, but to, to been gone so long, yeah. all of a sudden we needed that. So it was, right. I don't know, do you have a similar something? Oh yeah. Maybe have oh, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, I think it was in Europe, the same thing after a while, it was just, I don't know, just the types of foods available or yeah, you were kind of burnt out on the same, yeah. I don't know. And it was just, we did see a Starbucks and we did know, Hey, we're going to go in there and get the, I don't know, the coffee drink. I was kind of like, Oh yes. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it is. It is that sense of comfort right. and everything. That's great. Um, so growing up in the Midwest in Iowa, um, very much Midwest. Um, what kind of music did your family listen to? You mentioned doing road trips was the radio involved. Oh, yeah. or, okay. Yeah. So talk about yeah. what kind of music you guys listen to. Oh, well, we, they, my parents listened to a variety of music. My, my parents, my dad, especially had a, you know, a turntable. We had the, the big old eight track cassette text, you know, deck at home, but in the car. Yeah. Oftentimes, you know, driving across Nebraska to get to Colorado or South Dakota, you know, there's miles and you'd turn on the AM radio. Um, we listened to he had everything from Johnny Cash, uh, Roy Orbison, Roger Miller, the Everly Brothers. My mom was a huge Elvis fan. And I remember, I very clearly remember my dad. That was like the one time in my life as a kid that we had a, I had a babysitter, I think was because mm-hmm. he saved up. Elvis came to Ames and he made sure he got a ticket to take, you know, my mom and go that night. And Oh, yeah. how fun. Yeah. It was a huge deal, you know, to see Elvis. I think the other concert he took her to was, um, Sonny and Cher, I believe that might've been the one other concert that, mm-hmm. you know, he splurged on, but yeah, we listened to a lot of, um, the Statler brothers, the beach Boys, So kind of like that late fifties, early sixties kind of influence, but just, Mm -hmm. you know, country, just a lot of, you know, Glenn Miller, I think, um, you know, I remember a lot of those songs going across. Sure. So as you grew to the teenage April, did you go through a rebellious phase or did you all, or, or did you just embrace new kinds of music, but still loved your parents? Kind well, of I music. still loved my parents, but I, I totally went the entire opposite end of the spectrum. I totally yeah. went full on 80s, Duran Duran, okay. uh, George Michael, NXS, Brian Ferry. Um, I went into college. I was in the arts. So I was in the fine arts college. And so just that whole, you know, the 80s was all about how different you could look, you know, right. You know, just Cindy Lauper, you know, Billy Idol and the hair, you know, it's just yeah. anything that was imported from Europe. I was all about that. It was like, and it was almost a competition early in high school. I think it started in high school, you know, like, oh, wow, who can get the newest magazine, you know, with the Duran yeah. Duran poster in it. And, 
you know, who can get the, you know, listen to the college radio station and record some of the songs, you know, that was the only place you could hear some of it being played. Um, you know, at that time when I was in high school, you were hearing a lot of, I don't know, survivor was on the radio a lot. Um, Bruce Springsteen was definitely on the radio. You know, there was a lot of that and you would hear it, but I always kind of gravitated like the other (laughs) to a little of the independent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, you were definitely a fan of the college station, you know, radio station. Where'd you go to school? I went to Iowa state university. So the cyclones were just in Las Vegas this past weekend for the football game. And yeah, I still follow the, the football team, but yeah, Iowa state, you know, square in the middle of Iowa, but yeah, it was a very big, you know, I was big into dressing, you know, like yeah. bands and music was very, I've always been a big fan of music. I followed a lot of the bands on the school campus and mm-hmm. always, that's why I've always said my sister wasn't so much into the music, but even as a kid, you know, I was the one getting the Sean Cassidy, you know, posters and stamping them to my wall with my allowance money and you know like i said so so i um i just had a friend um that um sarah hickman who uh was on the podcast that back in september and um she just spent a couple hours talking to a lady that um cherish wrote a david cassidy book that was all about all about uh, people who um, fans loving it, right. and 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 so she's going to be on the podcast coming up because I told her I said you know I was the uncool kid you know I graduated high school in seventy seven so you know I grew up loving the Partridge Family and loving oh, the Osmonds yeah. I didn't know I mean I realized very quickly it was uncool but it just that bubblegum pop really enjoyed me and and you know and just David Cassidy and. Oh, yeah. as cool as anyone you could be you're like right, you know right. so yeah that that's that's hilarious um i think um i think i saw sean cassidy in a net in a hallmark movie he was playing like someone's dad and i went wow sean looks pretty good you know right, and i know yeah. and, and i know he went on to do a lot of producing and directing so he's had a very big career but yes he did go through that you know, where he was on the radio during the seventies and everything did the things. Um, so how about today? Um, what, what kind of music do you listen to now, April? And, and are you, um, when you guys are doing your road trips, are you music? Are you podcast? What, what do you guys do? When I'm, well, I, when I'm doing photography, I really don't play a lot of music. I'm so focused on what, you know, what we're looking at, but if, you know, if I'm just, you know, if I'm with my husband, we always have music on or podcasts or always listening to a lot of different types of music. Um, Okay. My music, musical palette has gone back. I really enjoy, you know, I really admire I think I've gone back, in fact, and bought almost all the albums that my dad must have had in his collection. Like, I don't know, Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison. I mean, there's some really good music in there, you know, just really good stuff. And I know you love Bruce Springsteen and I've, I've run into, um, it was interesting on one of my photography trips several years ago, I had a young woman who was from London and her husband, he didn't come on the trip, but her husband is passionate about Bruce Springsteen. And she told me that he travels the whole world. So while he's traveling the world, that's his thing. He goes on a trip just to see Bruce Springsteen play. She gets to take a photography trip. And I was just, it just kind of like really kind of piqued my interest at that time that they grew up in London and yet their biggest, you know, they were just huge Bruce Springsteen fans. Yeah. You know, it just was like, oh, wow. Well, if you have her connection, you should reach out and tell her, hey, your husband needs to be on the podcast. I agree. He needs yeah. to because he's gone to so like so many of his live shows. Yeah. I shouldn't even begin to tell you. That, that's awesome. When did the photography bug bite you? And, and talk to me a little bit about that. Um, I would say when I was a kid, my grandfather was a hobbyist photographer. He always had a camera and he took all kinds of 35 millimeter slides that after mm-hmm. he would, um, I was in kindergarten when he passed away, but I always remember in his study, he had all these slides and we would get the slide projector out, 
when we go see my grandma and we look through the slides, he'd have slides of the travels, um, you know, going to Yellowstone, just family members. And I just, they were beautiful. And my dad gave me a little, I had a little Kodak camera with the little cartridges you stuck in there and you could snap pictures. So anytime we went, I'd always take pictures. And then yeah. I entered a contest one day and I was just for the heck of it. And I, and I won. And so that bug kind of started there. Um, once I got to college, I went into graphic design. I went into a couple, I went into fashion design and the photography kind of got set aside a little bit, but okay. then when I moved to California, my husband one day just bought me a camera and it kind of like brought it full circle and I got really into photography again. Do you film? Do you do digital? Do you do a mixture? I stuck with film for forever. I was one of the last holdouts. I was like, ah, this digital thing. And, yeah. and then finally, you know, when the, it was actually on one of the last New England trips, I had taken all this slide film. Uh, Fuji made a beautiful slide film. It would capture the fall colors. The color was intense. And I would always make sure to drop it off in New England at a place that processed the slides. And then they'd ship them to me in California. Well, I stopped there on the way to the airport and the lady's like, no, we sold all of our machines. We shipped all of our machines out. I think they were a lot of the places were shutting down them. They just mm -hmm. sold their equipment and they're like, I'm sorry. You know, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're kidding. So I literally came home with all these rolls of exposed film and in fact, still have a baggie of exposed <laughs> chrome film in my freezer that one of these days I need to get developed. Um, so, and then I did shift, shift to digital and it just, the, the ease of digital is amazing. You can snap as many, you're not calculating dollars and cents. You're not every time you right. take a picture thinking like, oh, that's a, you know, that's X amount of money to process that slide. You can make a million mistakes. You can, I think it's an excellent way for people to be creative and, and learn, you know, you can just learn and have fun with it. I, I mean, my dad, I love that he's gone digital too. I bought him a digital camera and same thing. It took a while to get us both to that point of like, who cares if you take 10 pictures of the same tree trying every little setting yeah. on the camera? It's, that doesn't cost anything. Just delete it. So that mentality took a little while, but now I'm totally digital. Um, occasionally I'll get out a roll of slide film and get it out and play with it, but mostly you know, digital. I have this, I kind of have the same journey with, with my Kindle. Um, I was always a real book guy. And, and if you looked at my, you know, my area, I've, I have all kinds of hardbacks and, um, and it was two things. One, I was traveling a lot for my job and I'd gotten tired of bringing three or four books because heaven forbid you, you finish a book and not have one to start. Right. 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 I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> and then uh, the second thing was I found that your Kindle app on your phone would sync with your Kindle if your Kindle was connected to your internet. So I could start a book on my regular Kindle. And then like the next day, if I was at, let's say the a doctor's office or something, I could pull up that same book and it would know where I was, right. you know, within yeah. a page or two. Right. And I went, oh, wait a minute. This is kind of, you know, maybe I'm being stubborn by not embracing this new technology. Now, you know, like you, I still, there are certain, especially if I know it's a writer that I really admire and is pre-COVID that was going to tour, do right, book right. signings, then yeah, absolutely. I, I would buy a hardback, you know, but now I tend to buy the Kindle version and the the physical book, but because I want the signature, yeah, exactly. yeah, just as and to be able to picture it. So that's that's pretty fun. Um, I've heard that from other photographers too. That there, you still have the artistic and the vision. You can still use your eye, but there is also that um, you you. I mean, because let's even like with a phone, um, which you know, compared to my first you know, digital oh, yeah. camera, I've, you know, I had, you know, has this, and you know, you just take four or five, six, whatever you want. And then, oh, I'll delete, here's the best yeah. one I deleted. Yeah. It's just nice. It, nice. <laughs> yeah. Do, um, do you show your work? 
I had I was showing my work quite a bit and I had printed a lot of work and then I kind of got to a point where I haven't been printing and showing as much. Um, okay. I hope to kind of get back into that again, but I have a lot of stuff because to me, that is the thing. If you just take the pictures and they're this little digital file somewhere and yeah. nobody's enjoying it. So I always um, try to print out books or print some pictures from the trip because otherwise nobody's got anything tangible. It kind of goes back to that whole thing about my grandpa's little 35 millimeter slides. It's like, I can take his box of slides and you know, even if I'm holding it up to a light, you know, a light and looking yeah. through it, I still have that physical image where mm -hmm. I worry with, you know, like the digital stuff. Like I tell people, if you don't print it out or do something with it, I mean, years from now, is anyone even going to be able to read that information? You know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's well said. Um, do you, um, do you, do you, is it COVID one of the reasons why you've stopped showing or just busy with real life? I think it's just been busy collecting the images and traveling. Honestly, okay. it's trying to get out and get to these places. Um, unfortunately, places change. Um, yes. You know, uh, things, you know, even though we think a landscape's going to stay the same, you know, um, there was the man, they called it the man in the mountain in New Hampshire. It was kind of like this rock face on the side of a mountain that looked like the profile it's on the back of their state quarter is what they put it on as well and I remember we were gonna I was gonna get out there for the first time and see this my parents had seen it years ago I'd seen photographs hadn't physically been there and then all of a sudden I'm sitting at my office and all of a sudden you know after a winter and the clouds part the man there was a man and his son that kept kind of climbing up the mountain after each yeah. winter and fixing the cracks to make sure the whole thing didn't just fall off the mountain well after one particular winter the face the rocks all fell off the mountain and there was just no way they could fix it so mm -hmm. things like that happen you know places change or you know buildings um you know like paris notre dame they had that horrific fire sure. It's just not going to be this, you know, they can try to fix it, but it's not going to be the same, most likely. Yeah. So April, this, and I, I didn't prep you beforehand. So if, if you need to think for a few minutes or if you can't answer, but do you, do you have a couple of favorite trips? Like if someone comes to you and says, April, in fact, I'll, while you're thinking, I'll give you my example. If, if, if April, hey, we've got some time, we have, you know, not unlimited amount of money, but we have a decent amount of money. Where do you recommend for a vacation? So while you're thinking, what I always tell people is um, going to the Kentucky Bourbon Trail oh, in Midder, yeah. Kentucky is an amazing trip. Um, you know, um, you can start in Louisville and Frankfurt and Bardstown and Lexington. They're all within uh, 100, 125 miles from each other. Some of them quick, shorter. There is a there is a free uh, a website and a, and a map. And if you go, there's there's eight or nine distilleries and each of them have their own tour. They each talk about making bourbon, but it's all different. And in the meantime, you get to go through um, all this little bitty middle Kentucky, you know, where there's hills and, and, you know, and the roads carved out through, you know, low level, you know, mountains. And, and they're like, if you go to Woodford Reserve, you go through miles of horse country where oh you God. see the bluegrass and all the white fences and it's just absolutely beautiful and maker's mark is just it is one of the prettiest areas ever so not only do you get to learn about the the only american whiskey but you get to hear about the history and prohibition and all this stuff so and there's all these wonderful restaurants to go to too so it's a really fun we've done the kentucky bourbon trail two or three times and we just oh, wow. love seeing that so that would be my go-to like hey if you want to do this even if you're not a drinker it's just a fun road trip so right right how about you april you you got a couple suggestions for us oh totally yeah okay. i think i i think it depend on what time i'm very much about the seasons like sure. what time of year uh -huh. um i passionate as we all know about fall foliage in new england i think if right. someone hasn't been there 
you got to go, whether it's, um, I've talked to people that only have three days, they just have a long weekend and, you know, set them up with that. But I always say, you know, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, make a road trip, take the Kankamangus. I'm going to murder the, how to pronounce it, but it's basically highway 112 through New Hampshire. You know, it goes past little towns. You see waterfalls, there's covered bridges, um, then go north up to Littleton. Um, all of these towns are just, it's just old Americana. You've got the white steeple church, the colonial, you know, green center in the middle. You can stop at maple syrup places um, and sample the maple syrup and sample cider donuts. And it's just fabulous. Um, Highway one in California is gorgeous, you know, just and stop at all of the little beach towns along the way. I always make a joke that I'm trying all the fish tacos up and down the, the California coast. So we did that. We were in San Francisco for a business conference. And uh, the first time we went, um, we headed north and we went to Mirror Woods and um, which my wife loved more than I did. I was kind of, yep, they're big trees. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a pretty big tree. And she just loved it. And then we went up to uh, Sonoma and Napa, you know, and did a lot of the uh, vineyards. But then another time we went just down south to Carmel and oh, just yeah. on Highway 1. And it was just absolutely beautiful. Just that highway there seeing right. that. Right. Yeah, just absolutely. Yeah. But even the Midwest, I mean, you can yeah. go upper Mississippi River. You can... Um, I've been really wanting to get back to upper Michigan. A lot of, it's kind of hard to get there, like fly into green Bay and then okay. head up, head up North to, um, Hancock Houghton, which is on this little finger of land, um, that juts into Lake Superior and Lake Superior is like an ocean. I mean, it's a, it's called a lake because it's surrounded by land, but it's, you know, it's got waves, it's got sand, it's got wind. I mean, it's completely you can't see across to the other side. It is totally like an ocean. <laughs> when uh, we went to visit my friend, Tom Zoller, who lives in a little town outside Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we were staying at his house and he said, I, I want to show y'all something. So we drove to um, this little bitty, it, it looked like the town you know, office, you know, cause it's, it's actually, he lives in a little village and he says, follow me. And so we walked down this little path and all of a sudden there was the lake Oh wow! and it's just, you, you, you can't imagine. I mean, you right. can't see. And he said, um, this is what spoiled me when I've seen lakes and you can see the other side I go, really, is that a lake or is that a pond? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, absolutely. I agree that, that is wonderful. Um, you know, another thing we did is I was really surprised is uh, we went to Memphis oh, and spent yeah. a long weekend there and did all the music tours and did the Civil Rights Museum and had a lot of fun, um, you know, enjoying all the different cultures, and the food and all the music, you know, that that Memphis had, which was um you know, we grew up, Linda grew up going to New Orleans. That was where her family oh, nice. loved to go. Uh, and so we still have a special place in our heart with New Orleans. But um, Memphis was pretty fun. It was just a really different kind. So, yeah. yeah. And that's a place I need to get to still is Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> now, you said you've, you're, you're now, you need to explore Vegas, right? You've, you're, you're living there because of work now. And so you need to learn I what need to got. get out and explore the red rocks and the canyons. Um, yeah. It's not far to go south to, you know, route 66, which I have done that, but just, okay. you're kind of, we're kind of in this bowl and this, and there's a lot just outside, but it's just getting out when it's not 116 right. and exploring yes. it. <laughs> yes, it is a desert. Yes. That's good. Um, so let's talk about um, some of the, you know, you guys have been nice enough to me. Talk about some of your, talk about your travel shows, talk about your seminars, share a little bit with my listeners what you and your partner in crime are, are yes, trying to Cindy, do. Yeah, yes, Cindy. Cindy and I have a shared love of travel. We both, it was a platform called meetup.com, which was started after 9-11 by 
some New Yorkers that realized, you know, they finally were getting to meet their neighbors and on meetup.com, you can find a group for anything. If you like quilting, if you like wine, if you like just trying new brunch restaurants, there is a group for everyone. And we both were in Los Angeles. We both had travel meetups where we get together. Um, we would, you know, visit the gardens in Los Angeles. We would do weekend trips over to the beach or just, you know, just a day trip. You'd go explore the Getty Museum mm -hmm. or go to Descanso Gardens or, you know, drive down to Long Beach and explore that. And so I realized there was another woman doing something very similar and reached out to her. And oddly enough, we both realized our mothers were both born in the same small town in Iowa. Oh, how funny. Yeah. I mean, so just funny how full circle, we didn't know that about each other until we'd been friends for about a, a year. So once kind of COVID happened, we wanted to continue our love of travel and decided to start a podcast or a podcast slash YouTube channel where we interview travelers from all over the world. And so it's been fabulous. We've been talking to people that have climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. We've talked to a gentleman who's going to sail around the world. We've talked to um, people that have hiked um, ooh, the trail in Spain. And I can't, it's not coming to the, the Camino, the Camino de Santiago. We've talked to um, people that live just around the world, people that live in France and have a villa, you can come visit them, people that live in Scotland. I mean, just pe it's really connect, kept us our interest in travel alive. Um, stories of tips and tricks like you and your passport stories. Yes. Yeah, things to do, not to do. And it really keeps our interest in travel alive. So we've been enjoying that. And in November, we've got this travel symposium that we've decided to put together. Um, We've gone to a lot of the travel shows. A lot of people are familiar with like the travel and adventure show that they have in Chicago or Los Angeles or Dallas. Mm -hmm. And we realized after going to the show that yes, there is some good topics. There's usually a photographer maybe that's talking or they do some cooking information or this or that. But overall, a lot of the experiences don't appeal to some of the things we're interested in. So we decided to create our own kind of travel show online and invite all of these amazing people that we've been meeting in all these places to share whether they're solo travelers what maybe they're an adventure traveler like you know they're climbing mount kilimanjaro or they're bicycling we just talked to um this woman who followed the migration of the monarch butterflies on her bicycle so just amazing people doing amazing things with travel and just the whole concept that we really feel no matter what, you don't have to have a lot of money to travel. You can make travel part of your life. You can, you know, find a job. You can, um, you know, work in the park service. So we've talked to some of those people. We talked to a, a woman who became an airline pilot and that career path. So just all kinds of aspects of travel and how you can incorporate it into your life for yourself, for your family, no matter your budget, no matter if you've got a lot of time, a little bit of time. So we're we're super excited about that. So that's called the Travel Collective. We're on YouTube um, and our, we've got our symposium November 6th and 7th. And we're still looking for a few speakers if people want to sign up and help us out or open okay. and just looking to connect with more travelers and share these experiences. Um, so I know this is probably going to sound very simple, but um, I, I guess listening to you the best advice is just to get out there right yeah just, just get out there <laughs> yeah um my my you know my day job is we offer roadside assistance in the rv industry and our owner um is a big believer in going to the outdoors right in yes. fact he bought a airstream and a truck that is one of the benefits after you've been in the company for a year, you can check out the Airstream and the truck, no cost oh. to you just to go because wow. he wants you to go experience outside. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, there are, there are road, no matter where you live, there are little road trips, day trips that you can find to go explore, whether it's looking for, you know, good barbecue places outside of Dallas or, or going to 
Um, you know, there, I always go back to Garrison Brothers right side of Austin is a Texas bourbon company oh, yeah. and they make, they, and it's, and it's in, you know, it's outside of Austin. So it's right in the hills of Texas and it's really a beautiful um, area. Um, and, you know, going to find local bands and playing that music right. is just exploring. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, mean, I know I simplified it, but any other advice you'd give to people just like how to, if they want to get out there, where do you recommend looking and finding and, and how to go out there and just kind of get, especially after this year and a half of COVID and we've all been capsized, you know, if you're vaccinated, put on your mask, get out there and go see something. Right, Exactly. Um, I would, I mean, the internet is just a wealth of information. We're so right. lucky in this day and age. I remember as a kid, you had to go to the library, you checked out a book, you might've, you know, luckily had, you know, a, there was a file at our library with people that had gone to these places and collected brochures. So you'd go mm-hmm. look through all that. But now I, I love the regional magazines. There's a lot of great regional magazines. If you live in the Midwest, there's Midwest Living for the South, there's Southern Living, Yankee yeah. Magazine does New England, you've got Sunset, they have articles online. And, and just for any interest, like you said, you can go to find all the ice cream places if it's summertime in your yeah. state, or if it's historic stuff. And a lot of these sites, even the individual states have travel and tourism websites. Yes. So look up like Visit Vermont, and you can actually you know, go online and they have like suggested road trips. They also have resources. They'll send you a free map right in the mail, which Mm -hmm. that may sound old school, but I still like the old school map unfolded. You get a big sense of like any little road that's got dots on it. That's a scenic route. You can oftentimes they'll note like historic spots to stop at. I love the New Hampshire map. I have one that I've I have at my feet. I study it almost every night right now because it's got hundreds of covered bridges. And I'm like, you know, even in the 15 years I've been going to New Hampshire, I haven't knocked out all the covered bridges. Right. It's just impossible. So, and TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor is a great online resource. Yeah. You know, get on there and you can research any city, any state. They have a forum. And in the forum, you can ask people questions. And so many people have so much amazing information to share. So those are some quick and easy resources to start with. What's next, April? Where, where, what, what, where, what trip are you planning next? Well, I have two trips to New England in October. So I'm super excited about that, where I'll be taking photographers out to photograph covered bridges, sample maple syrup, Mm. cider donuts, all my favorite stuff. So I go and take them. I also want to go back to upper Michigan. I'd like to go back to New Orleans, definitely even in winter. I think some places just, like I said, I'm a seasons person. So springtime in Charleston, Savannah, I think New Orleans with its architecture can be enjoyed any time of year. Um, January, it tends to be cooler. So you luck out, you don't get so much of the humidity there. So I've got a lot of places to to still see in the United States, but New England's coming up quick and they're already starting to see the change of colors out there. So I would definitely recommend, yeah, people make plans and, and you've got the Appalachians that go right through Tennessee and the Smoky Mountains, some beautiful areas. Oh, that sounds really nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Good. Um, so um, we are going to get to the Mary question because that's, I gave you homework, but what else should I have asked you that I didn't, April? Hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, okay. can't think, I can't, I can't think of anything else we've talked about. I just think that everyone should get outside. I mean, I think getting outside is, is healthy. I think go and explore what's right in your backyard. Sometimes we're surprised, you know, that there's things right down the road, a state over, whether you've got a weekend, um, Cindy's out, actually, she took Amtrak. They had a deal for a 30 day pass. She's going to like 20 different cities or Oh, how fun. Yeah. So she literally took her desk. She's still working because many people are working remotely. Yeah. She's like, if I can work from my living room in California, why can't I just, so she literally has, she strung a bunch of cities together. And during the week she's working out of 
a friend's a spare bedroom, or maybe it's an Airbnb, or there's hostels that, and a hostel isn't always for young people anymore. You can get a private room with your own bathroom in a hostel, which I didn't oh, nice. know this. No. Yeah. So she's been, she's been to New Orleans. She's uh, in New York city right now. She's been to Philadelphia. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. Um, You know, one of the things we're doing is um, my, my sister a few years ago, her and her husband came up to visit and, you know, so we're in Dallas we're like, where do we take people? And um, so obviously we took her to the sixth floor museum, which is the JFK Memorial, which is good. But we also um, George Bush's presidential library is here and uh right next to smu and we went and um we're like this is amazing and so in texas we're lucky because um you know the senior clinton a senior bush is in a&m area and lbj is in austin and so that's been one of our things is linda and i like when we went through arkansas stop got to go to the clinton presidential library oh we're in we're in atlanta okay we got to go see jimmy carter's right so that's one of our you know checking things that we're going that we're loving to see so that's great um, April, this has been a blast. I, I just always love visiting with you and Cindy, and, and I'm so thrilled that we connected and we've been able to, to become online friends and, yeah, and exactly. that we're part of each other. <laughs> um, so you did have homework. And yes, if you, I did. <laughs> yes. If you are listening, if you are a fan of the Travel Collective and you're listening to this because you love April and you've never heard an episode of Set Lessing Bruce, um, I end every podcast with this question. So Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher of the Philadelphia area. He recently retired, but he would in the past, every, his senior honors English, he would ask them to read Thunder Road. They would spend two days, this Bruce Springsteen song Thunder Road, looking at the lyrics, listening to the song, talk about the imagery, the themes of the uh, song. And then at the end, he would ask the question, does Mary get in the car? So April, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I want to, I'm going to go with the romantic answer and say, yes, I think she does. Good for you. I really think she does. I'm an eternal optimist. I think that, you know, um, she just realized that, you know, all the, you know, her life and here was an opportunity to leave town and, and take, take a risk and get out there with someone that had meant something to her and go. So I I'm going with that answer. Yes. Well, and I also would say that you being you just get on the road. Yeah. Just, you, just you, can, you, you can always <laughs> dump the guy if you need to right. well, get on the road, right? Yeah, get <laughs> on the road, get to see the good thing. Yeah, that's what I always tell people. Just go and try. And, and yes. you can always stop. You can always, you know, be strong, go with your gut, but go, go explore and take a chance. I mean, you don't want to have that regret later that you could have gone or you might have gone or should you have gone, you know, just just be safe and go and listen to your gut and get out there. Very nice. That's good. And take pictures on the way. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I share this story all the time with my family. I have to remind them. My wife is one of those that hates pictures of her. Like, you know, I, oh, you yeah. know, I, my hair looks bad. I, you know, I look, I look, I look bad in that picture. And um, I always tell her the story. I, I have my friend, Tom, I was talking about that lives in Ohio. Um, a, a friend of his that he knew through work, they're both comic book artists, uh, died unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And he started looking and he could not find a picture of him and his friend together. Oh. And it made him sad. And so right. he posts often, he says, don't worry about you that, just take the picture because years from now, you're going to wish you had that. And so I agree, take plenty of pictures of your family and also the scenes and, and what you're doing. And um, I agree, that sounds beautiful. Um, if April, uh, are you on any social media at all? If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. You can follow my 
um, scenic photos on Instagram at fall photo trips. And if you want to see my people photos, I do photograph bands and follow my husband's bands around. That one's April Art Photos. And okay. then my website is yourphototravelguide.com. So if anyone's interested in going to New England, New England's my favorite spot in fall. And I do help write a lot of itineraries for people that are overwhelmed and not sure where to start. And, you know, they think they can pack a lot into five or six days. I try to cut through all the confusion and, and can do that for you. So that sounds great. I will have all those links in the show notes. Um, April, thank you so much. This was a blast. Oh, was so I appreciate fun, it. I'm excited. I'm so glad we connected again. And I yes, wish I Sam. could get in the car with you guys and travel. Yes, you, I'm ready to travel, do that. Like, just like I like yeah. to travel. Yeah, that sounds great. Listeners, go get vaccinated. Go out and see this world. Um, listen to some good music while you're doing it. Enjoy. Stop at the roadside attractions and uh, don't. Sometimes it's good to get off the interstate and yeah, it, it you, you, yeah, and just enjoy the little bit of life that you see. But for now, be safe, be careful, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.